Hello, corn dogs. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? Well, Anchor by Spotify is your solution. Anchor allows you to make a podcast in the easiest way possible. Let me explain. Anchor has tools to let you record and edit your podcast from your phone or computer. It also distributes all your podcasts for you, and you can listen on Spotify, Apple, wherever, and Anchor does all that for you. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, enjoy the show. Watch a new and podcast, watch a new and podcast, watch a new and podcast, watch a new and podcast. They're a semi-chaotic team, man. They're here for podcasting. Watch a new and podcast. Watch a new and podcast. They're headed to the tri-state to hang with Phineas and Ferb. So come along for all the thrill with Felipe, Navi, and Will. They're firing up the Rewatchinator. This is what we're going to do today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of What You Doin', a Phineas and Ferb rewatch podcast. I am here. It is the F Games himself, Felipe, and I am not alone. As always, I am joined by the Buford to my Baljeet, Miss Navi. Navi, how are you doing today? <laughs> what am I the Buford? Because you bully everyone. Uh, you bully am- AJ. When do I bully AJ? All the time. That's what he says. You bully Jacob all the time. You're yeah, the- No, I'm a changed man. I have changed no, my No, you're not. <laughs> you say that now, but I don't bully him anymore. Um, but we are not alone. As always, we have our third wheel, most recently inducted as the newest member of the Sesternino family, according to that family photo. <laughs> um, <laughs> You might know him better as Steak in the Zoom chat. It is Will. Yeah, I, I'm the real SIMP of this episode. The, the simp <laughs> of the podcast here. You are the simp. Um, but we are not alone. We are talking about sports. Is this the, like, this is the first, like, ball sports that we were talking about, right? We've had, oh. we've had like, roller derby and um, roller derby and thumb wars. Uh, but this is like the first like com- not combat sport but like like basketball sport ish sort of thing. So we have we have Zach from the Ang in their podcast, Third Wheel Zach, all around icon, your friend and mine. How are you doing, Zach? I'm doing great. Yeah, this is sports adjacent. It's it's uh <laughs> it's taco night at my place, so I'm just ready after this. I'm gonna hop on just like that agent guy and just eat some tacos. And uh, yeah, I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? Better now that you're here and you can protect us from Navi's bullying. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh... where does this narrative start? Also, how does it feel to be the ball expert on the podcast, Zach? Whoa. Oh, the, the, what, the what now? The ball, <laughs> the ball expert? Felipe was like, you're the expert of ball sports. No, I said sports. <laughs> ball you were sports. specifically about balls. <laughs> what are we, Jeff Probsting it up right here? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Will Will doesn't have the mullet anymore, so he can't be Jeff Probst. I don't think oh. I've ever had a mullet in my life. You never <laughs> were a lax bro. 
No, I I get my hair cut at the at the least like once every six weeks. This that- this has never been long in my life. <laughs> I say that it, whenever I was in high school, a little bit, but not on purpose. Well, Will doesn't have a mullet, but he's got a really spiffy mustache. I like it. Thank you. Looking like a Mario brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you Mario or Luigi or Wario? One for Waluigi. Waluigi. Oh, I'm wearing I'm wearing orange. I guess there's not really an orange Daisy. Uh, Mario brother. Daisy. But uh, not one with a mustache, anyway. <laughs> Maybe it can be an orange toad. That could be like a new character in the next one. Unless someone photoshops Daisy with a mustache, then then we're there. That reminds me of one of my favorite lines in Never Have I Ever, where uh, Davey's like, uh, Ben's like, oh, you need to shave your mustache. And she's like, at least I can grow a mustache. He's like, well, my doctor said any day now. Uh, <laughs> love Never Have I Ever. But we're not here to talk about Davey Vishwakumar. We are here to talk about Phineas, Ferb, Candace, Isabella, Buford, Valjeet, and all the homies in Danville, um, especially Perry the Platypus. So Zach, what is your backstory with Phineas and Ferb before we get too deep? Yeah, I was never the biggest Phineas and Ferb stand, but only because I'm a little out of the age range that it was for. So I'm 24 turning 25. And by the time it was on, I was already like not watching the Family Channel, which is our version of Disney Channel. And instead, I was already watching just like sports and stuff. So, but I had a, I have a younger brother and he liked Phineas and Ferb. So through osmosis, I absorbed a lot of Phineas and Ferb episodes. Though this one is not one I remember, though the squirrel in my pants song i did remember that the s-i-m-p yeah classic i feel so bad i forgot how much the show loves dunking on candace that's one thing i forgot on this watch i just <laughs> they yeah. love just like i guess dan Povenmire must have had a sister who just put him through the ringer <laughs> so he just decides to put candace through the ringer on every episode because my goodness candace in that second episode goes through hell and back oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah we, have, we usually have a, a recurring segment of of how much uh candace is getting gaslit in every episode <laughs> she's always she's always trying yeah. to like show her mom what the boys are doing and it always disappears as Naomi well, um, oh go ahead jack sorry no i was just gonna okay continue what you were gonna say oh, about i was just to say are we like you're talking about how candace was done dirty this episode and as naomi calhoun once famously said on this podcast you take Susie, and she's like the kind of person that you want to just drop kick little Susie Johnson but yeah yeah Susie with her like demonic music cues oh man this is an anti-Susie podcast right can we see oh yeah 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 Yeah. F Susie yeah (laughs) just like the F games (laughs) yeah um no see I love that Zach brought in the music cues because like I feel like that's something that you always pick up on in the Avatar podcast like the music cues um and like Usually, I feel like I'm good at that, but in Phineas and Ferb, like I've never noticed it as much. But that, like, the demonic, like, slight, like, variance, like, does I do remember that from the episode now that you mentioned it. And this is why we need a real expert, unlike me. Oh shucks! What a what a nice guy. But yeah, I mean, not just the demonic music cues. They also have like the psycho s strings when she pulls up yeah. the squirrel. Yeah. So yeah, they got the music on this episode was on point, like it always is at Phineas and Ferb. Though that's what I forgot yeah. how they have like a song every episode. So do you have any besides SIMP squirrels in my pants? Are there any songs that stand out from like? I think you're not going to a wow wow that's that's what my lady said mow 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 mm-hmm. my heart start pumping I, I watched the episode like twice a decade ago and i still remember that song so that's one that i remember specifically yeah and then before we get into the deep dive do you have any favorite characters 
favorite characters i'm a ferb guy i like ferb i like the little things he does i'm not the biggest besides him i'm not really a, vibing with anyone else really maybe doofenshmirtz doofenshmirtz yeah. and ferb <laughs> are my two favorites yeah um yeah i think those are up there i i'm a big perry the platypus fan and mm-hmm. uh candace definitely like has grown on me in this rewatch like i'm like candace is so much better well, I just feel bad for Candace to be honest, because all all her every storyline just like how can she impress Jeremy in some capacity? So it's always tied to yeah. him and never. It's always gets... tied to a man, like whether it's her brothers or her or her, her boyfriend. It's never yeah, Candace. She's... Candace very rarely passes the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she does not. Sadly. Oh well, we'll get into it in this episode for sure. For yeah. sure. So who's taking us through the got game? I think it's me. This is the one I took notes on, so I hope it's me. Yeah. Um, so I, I think this this one's going to be easiest to maybe talk about the the Phineas and Ferb plot for the most part, and then switch over to the Doofenshmirtz and Perry plot, and then maybe at the end talk about where they where they sort of merge and and join up. Uh, so the beginning of the episode, we're in the boys' garage playing foosball. Uh, Buford and Isabella are, are trash talking each other. Uh, and Isabella says, uh, Isabella is just like toying with him, beating, beating the snot out of him at foosball. Uh, she says something like, uh, don't bring that smack talk in here. This is my house. <laughs> and, and Finney's is like, well, actually, we're in our garage. Yeah. Um, so I've been vocal on the podcast about how I am a fan of Buford. Not, not in this episode. Nope. The sexism can nope. me. This one yeah, is why bad am I with Buford? Buford? Again, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you, um, Will, talk while I decide what I'm going to make Navi. Well, if, if you're going to make her Buford, you're, you're going to uh, hit her with the Behavenator right now, and then now she's not going to be yeah. Finnepegian. Because she's from fake Winnipeg. I have a question. Why do they even hang out with Buford? You know, I don't know. <laughs> is he because is he always like this? I guess not. There's bet he's he has better episodes up over the years. Like I feel like he was more like one note in the earlier seasons. But like we saw an episode earlier, pretty boring episode. But the one where he lost his fish and like we got to see a little bit of his backstory. In the later things that I've watched, if Benicia Ferret, like the Star Wars one, I really like Buford there, and I feel like they like evolve, like make him more of a comedic presence than like just like the bully. Well, wow, today I learned there's a Star Wars Phineas and Ferb crossover. Star Wars one and a Marvel one. Wow. Yeah. Would you look at that? Phineas I and had, Ferb. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's literally the first episode he's introduced, he's he's called Raging Bully. He's just introduced as the bully character. And then well, he's just hanging out with Before we get added by our dozens of fans. Uh, the first episode <laughs> is the the non no uh, long You're right. You're right. You're right. He was in that episode first. Yeah. Um, okay, so while this foosball game is going on, Candace is is uh, talking on the phone with Stacy, and she's worried because Jeremy is about to come over and take pictures of her for like a photography class or something. Uh, but Candace is just having a bad hair day. Uh, she Stacy suggests she wears a hat. Uh, she tries all these hats and they're not Much working. Like Zach. Yeah, no facts. I'm I'm having a horrible hair day like Candace, so <laughs> that's why I got my toque on in like 30 degrees Celsius weather. So there you the, go. <laughs> the first hat that Candace puts on that's got like the little ear flaps. Does that count as a toque 
or is a toque just like a beanie? A toque is just like a beanie. I okay. think that first hat she put on was more like, I don't know, like a skiing hat or something like that. Nah, nah, okay. Not a toque or a beanie. I feel what like that uh, hat that she put on, I feel like Will could rock it. Ooh, I don't know. I mean, it does have a very like lumberjack vibe to it. I was going to say hat. like winter truck driver. I think if I had more a beard than a mustache, I think I could pull it off, but I'm not sure. I'm I'm dubious. Doobie, doobie, doobie. Uh, but uh, she settles on a on a football helmet. That's that's the look she's going for, is the football helmet. Uh, and she, you know, comes downstairs to to see the boys and their friends playing foosball. Uh, and she, you know, yells at him to keep it down. And Jeremy shows up, and he actually likes the football helmet. He says he thinks it can work for a for a sporty shoot. Yeah, do you guys like Jeremy on this podcast? I think he's such a vanilla, boring character. I agree. That's, that's the thing. We haven't got anything from Jeremy. Like, Do so, we ever? I feel like there has to be like some episode where we get like more personality, but it's like very like, nonchalant, boring, white. So yeah, His voice by Mitchell Musso from Hannah yeah. Montana fame, right? Yeah, yeah, he sure is. Um, <laughs> I don't know if... I know we haven't yet, at least much, but I don't know if we ever really get much from Jeremy outside of Candace's love interest. Like I, I don't know that he gets much of any story outside of his relationship with Candace and or his sister. Yeah, I guess this is a children's show, so I can't nitpick too much. So they got to keep the storyline simple and easy. But Yeah, it, it would be nice to get a, a Jeremy-centric episode. Um, it be interesting. All I know about him is just like he's yeah, he's just a boring vanilla white man. He's got he an evil at the, sister at the corn dog stand. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Candace loves a guy in uniform, even <laughs> even, if, <laughs> even if that uniform is a corn dog on his head. It's it's a uniform nonetheless. Uh, so after after Isabella beats Buford at uh, foosball. Uh, Buford's already, you know, like making excuses for everything. He's like, oh, the only reason I lost is because we're playing a, a dainty little girls game. Um, and Isabella really takes him to task on it. She's like, it could be the biggest game in the world and I would still kick your ass, is what she says. Not exactly those words, too. She says the word ass in the show. <laughs> no, she says asteroid. Uh, <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, Is- Isabella says that that uh, no matter the game, girls are just as good as boys. Um, and and she's like hinting to Phineas. She's like, "Did you hear that? I said biggest sport in the world." And Phineas is like, "Oh, I guess we're gonna build the biggest game in the world today." Uh, so they're they're gonna do this this game. Um, and since it's boys versus girls, they're gonna use the only people they have in the garage with them. And, and Buford's going to have Baljeet on his team, and Isabella's going to have Candace be on her team. Uh, and Candace is kind of reluctant at first, but then when Jeremy says it's a good idea so he can get some, like, action shots of her playing sports, uh, she, she's on board now that she knows it'll impress Jeremy. Yeah, she, um, she loves to impress Jeremy, which, like... Candace, do it for the fun. You're you're a 15 year old girl on summer vacation. Like, do something besides simp over Jeremy, please. <laughs> I want to ask 
Uh, did, did you guys ever do like have like a photography club or like a photography class in high school? I never took one. My friends did. And I remember my friends took the yearbook photography class and then they put me in the yearbook like 15 times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but I've never taken one. That's just because my homeroom teacher was like in charge of the yearbook club. So he's like, oh, here's like when my students plop something in like the middle oh, of the year. I to have friends in the right places. Yeah, I never took a photography class in high school, but I took an intro to film class in college and then a production class. So I like learned how to use the camera and I'm still not good. So um, yeah, uh, I, I do love like feeling fancy with the fancy photography, photography, but I wasn't, you know what camera I was great at? The CVS Kodak ones, that, yeah, the disposable ones. <laughs> I was that kid at summer camp who took like 23 photos the first day and then had that like one photo left and you like mm. save it to Friday. Yeah. Um, Will, what about you? Um, no, I, I never did. My own, my recent experience with, with photography. Um, so when, when we went to Hawaii, my, or my family got like family photos taken of us on the beach, a very, very basic thing to do. But a friend from high school, uh, used to live in Hawaii. Her husband was in the Navy and she happened to be visiting while we were there. So we, we, hired her to take our family photos uh and i maybe had a few too many mai tais before we went to take these family photos um so i was i was uh sauced as they say uh during these photos it was it was a fun time but uh can we make that our new cover art <laughs> i'm i'm doing like the the oh, i hit my podcast arm while i was imitating myself doing this is this the photo uh, um no not that no, photo it's crazier. <laughs> um you can you can see my instagram if you want to see these photos uh but uh yeah it, it was uh that's that's my experience with photography is is i thought it would make it easier for me to pose if i if i were uh uninhibited so to speak mm -hmm. um Sloshed. maybe i should have been a little bit more inhibited yeah that's um, what i say like the drunker the better yeah, it, in the moment. But then, like, when you look at the photos, you're like, what the fuck is this? Whoops, not to go full <laughs> name. Uh, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I try not to. Go for it. I've dropped a couple of F-bombs on Ang in there, like, absentmindedly. I just hope <laughs> people don't notice. I, Jacob, on a podcast this week, he dropped, like, five swears in, like, a one-minute span. I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know you. I thought, like, you were, like, so proper. Like, I've never heard Yeah, I've never heard Jacob swear, I don't think. Yeah, was, yeah, was like, that the one with AJ? I think I listened to that one, yeah. That one was a hot mess. Uh, <laughs> the other the other thing that's a little bit too drunk is the rules for the F games. Uh, and this is very, very, like, Calvin Ball-like in, in the way this game works. And, and we don't see all of the rules, but we see that Phineas and Ferb just finish up explaining the rules. And they say, you know, any questions? Uh, Buford asks, uh, what, what's the F stand for? Why is it the F games? And he's like, for Ferb, obviously, F for Ferb. Uh, sadly, they're not the Felipe games. They are the Ferb games. <laughs> That's <laughs> really? a good one. I have a question. Do, oh, do, they name app, do they name every game after Ferb or like every single thing they do? Because in the next episode, they have the Observa Ferbatory. Yeah, so is it always named after Ferb or is that just this episode? 
I think they name a lot of things after both of them. I think it was mostly a coincidence that both of them happened in this episode, but I, I picked up on that too, that that both things here were named after Ferb. I think it's it's not like an every episode thing, but it's it's uh, not uncommon either. All right, that clears it up for me. Thanks, Will. Um, so Baljeet, he he goes through this whole thing. He's like, so if I if I miss the third shuttlecock with my rubber chicken, then does Buford have to jump over the bush before or after the girls are done peeling their tangerines? Uh, and everyone yells at him. They're like, obviously it's after. Uh, weren't you paying attention to the rules? <laughs> Poor Baljeet in this moment, trying to figure out the <laughs> rules of this convoluted ass game. Listen, I'd be, I'd be him in this instant, so I can't hate. Okay, he just doesn't want to same. mess up. Yes, but also like, Baljeet is so on top of everything. He just wants to make sure everything's right. Like he has a little perfectionist in him. Like I feel like everyone has. And then all these people. This is also an athletic event. Baljeet is not the best with the athletics. He is better in the academics. Um, so. Like, he just wants to make sure everything, he doesn't break any rules, whereas everyone else is probably like, uh, break the rules and ask for forgiveness later instead of asking about the rules. Um, so I'm, I'm Team Baljeet as well. Now they are, you're a Buford Sam, so of course you're going to be Team Buford. Yeah, of course I am. So obviously I'm going to side with him in every single situation. <laughs> um. I'll, no, we we didn't mention this whole time they're wearing like the the two people in a horse costume both both teams are like like two of them in a horse and also wearing roller skates uh so this this game is is would you rather be the, the head or the ass of the horse uh in in a normal situation the head but in this situation both uh both like parts of the horse have like a hole um, and not the, the, the hole you would expect to be on the, the backside of a horse. Uh, but they, <laughs> but they both have a head hole where they can see out. So I, I think either one's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, the hole in the back <laughs> of a horse. Sorry, that's just... Uh, yeah, yeah. So this is the type of podcast y'all do, huh? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, on our, on our, I think it was our third episode, there's uh, Perry the Platypus is frozen in chocolate and then he eats his way out um, through the back and Will had something very not safe for work to say about that, so. I mean, I just described his actions, that's all. <laughs> um so we we get like a like a montage of of them playing the games to this this song. Um I really enjoyed this song. Uh but they're they're hitting the shuttlecock around while they're in these these horse suits and then they're like almost like jumping across these these like poles or stilts or something. Um it's a lot going on. Um, at some point they, they hit the shuttlecock into a, a basketball hoop and then it lands in a recycling bin and they got extra points for recycling. Uh, yeah. The I, rules, the rules to this game kind of reminded me of uh, space jam. I don't know. You guys watch space jam too. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That, yeah. That movie so also. All the, all the, sp- the style points. Yeah. The style the, points. The, exactly. the windmill bonus and yeah. 
yeah, yeah that's what i was thinking of when it. i watched this um yeah timely reference i i did want to point out i know jeremy's not in this part of the episode but uh does anyone else remember the mitchell musso bop uh the three r's reduce reuse recycle no no <laughs> I, I will put it in one of our musical breaks how about that oh um, wow but okay. it, it kind of like i mean recycle save the planet what was it like a disney channel original it was song like, I don't forget what the purpose was. I think it might have been Schoolhouse Rock related, but it was in those like interstitials that they did. That was like Disney three six five, and they did like, uh, like, okay. like those like like past between twenty five minutes and thirty minutes before the next show, they would like have a little thing or like pass the plate with Brenda Song or mm-hmm. that will referenced. Um, it was one of those. I, I will do some more research while uh, we continue with the episode to give interesting the audience the true information. Uh, so after after the montage. Uh, the score is the the girls have the square root of pi points, and the boys have a crudely drawn picture of a duck. He's they're excited for Big Brother season, obviously. Yeah, so obviously it's anybody's game. They say, uh, and and in a callback to the beginning of the episode, the the tiebreaker event is is giant foosball, where where Isabella and Buford are sort of the the players of the game controlling the foosball. And Candace and Baljeet are just like stuck on this pole, ready to hit the ball and get spun, whatever which way. Yeah, I remember the foosball part of the episode specifically because I I remember it being used in like the promotion a lot. Mm-hmm. Especially the Baljeet line where he like gets like <laughs> thrown over. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Candace says like, "Oh, I feel like a kebab right now." And Baljeet says, uh, I too feel a certain feel element of kebabism. <laughs> Just a hilarious. That line. line slayed me, I will be honest. Uh, but the, the game they're playing is like like the this game is to regular foosball as Space Jam 2 basketball is to regular basketball. <laughs> there, <laughs> there's there's a whole like multi-ball situation going on. Ferb is just shooting ball after ball onto the foosball court. Uh, at some point, he just starts shooting fruit at them. And Candace gets hit with a watermelon and is wearing a watermelon on her head. And Buford gets hit in the mouth with a pineapple. Uh, and at the, the very end of it all... Felt very there's... Fruit Ninja, just to shout out uh, a previous <laughs> game of the week on the Ing In There podcast. Yeah, I was just about... If Jacob was here, that would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that in my notes, too. <laughs> I had that in my notes as well. What a coincidence. Uh, so at, at uh, the end of this this fruit round, there's there's one more ball left, and it's sort of just sitting in the middle of the foosball court where... Is that a court? A pitch, a field. I would say a pitch. Soccer is a pitch, so giant foosball is a pitch. How, aren't you the biggest Ted Lasso fan on this panel? You should know that. I haven't seen uh, season two yet. I haven't it, seen. Uh, it ha- came out today, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, and it's it's kind of like those those foosball games where like the ball gets stuck somewhere, and you've got the two little characters who are like flapping their legs at it, but neither of them can reach it, so you kind of shake the table a little bit. That's me personified as an inanimate object. Like those like little football people that like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Buford decides to take it upon himself to, to jump into the ring and try and kick the ball himself. 
Uh, but Isabella sees him doing this and she like spins Candace as fast as she can. And she kicks the ball back and both Buford and the ball kind of land in the goal together. A lot of, a lot of destruction happens really kind of breaks the wall with the, the force here. And then when they win, when she shoots this shot, the final score is one nothing. So was the rest of the game like null and void? Why? Yeah. Why was? It, I don't understand how we went from rubber duck and uh, square root of pi or whatever it was to one zero. So that was weird. Also, we kind of glossed over the fact that like Candice and Baljeet take so many balls to the head, and they're probably both oh, yeah. concussed. They're probably on yeah. the CTE radar, injury reserve. So yeah. I was worried about their safety. They, yeah, they, they, also, they also like spin around enough like a like a astronaut training simulator or in, the, in that bowling the, ball episode what do they call it the, the gravitron maybe something the, the thing that's supposed to make the astronauts throw up so they they know if they can go to space or not that's it's it's really a lot um yeah i don't i don't know how this this ends up one to zero it's it's a weird scoring system maybe the fruit round yeah. like like uh if you make the banana in the goal all the scores reset to zero or something like that the banana minute um, that makes a lot of sense that's <laughs> no, actually the, a good retcon of the rules <laughs> like this definitely feels like a lot of those tv show games where there's the friends episode where they make up a quiz show or a new girl with the drinking game true american where they just like make up the rules and like that's part mm-hmm. of the fun like if I ever get to be in a writer's room, I want to make like a made-up game that has no rules, but is like stupid. Yeah, it's it's no it's no final score of what a thousand and seventy-two to a thousand and seventy-one or something. I think that's what the score was in Space Jam Two. It was. I don't yeah, it was it, it was in the thousands. It was in the thousands. So <laughs> you're you're close. Uh, so the the girls have won the game. Uh, fireworks go off. Ferb like dumps the the lemonade bucket on his own head like the the Gatorade celebration um it turns out that this this game-winning shot of Isabella spinning Candace around a lot um really fixed her hair gave her a nice like uh blowout situation where you know her hair looks great now um and and Jeremy comes up and he's like oh I, I love your hair now it looks great Really, really happy ending for Candace here. Um, I like the look. I think, like, I don't yeah. know if she should do it every day, but I, I like the, like, mixing it. I love when, like, animators, I like, try different things with, like, hairstyles or, like, clothes. hmm They also played a little bit of a tag of that It's Candace song that we got from, from uh, what episode was that? Episode 9 is how old that that song was, which at the time was a bottom five song i think this this tag of it maybe this, moves it up a little bit for yeah me. they like reuse a lot of sound jobs like the quirky wiki song was in this episode yeah um i think that's that's probably the best place to end that plot before it really merges with the the doofenshmirtz perry plot at the end so maybe now is a good time to switch over to that other plot any any Final thoughts before before we switch over. No, as this... someone who, oh, go ahead, Zach. No, go go ahead, Navi. What oh no, I say? was about to say, as someone who does not follow sports, even though it's kind of part of my job, I did not 
I actually understood this more than like sports in real life, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> That's fair. I think it was perfect that we did this sports episode today as the Olympic uh, games are now underway in Tokyo. So uh, perfect synergy. But Zach, as our sports expert, we cede the floor to you. Yeah, do you guys think we'll see F games in the Olympics anytime soon? We'll see the F games <laughs> game. Only if they name it after me. <laughs> I, I, I wonder what Olympic sport would be the best one to be played in horse costumes like this. Is it, is it like the, the pairs figure skating, like ice dancing? Probably. <laughs> they all have to be done in horse costumes. That would be dope. Oh, no, 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 that would no. make me want to watch ice skating even more. Archery or skeet, something where you can stand still. Mm. Yeah, um, that could work. Oh, what about like the equestrian sports where they're actually riding real horses, but there's also some fake horses in the mix and you have to figure out which ones are the real horses and which ones are the fake horses. I feel like that would be pretty easy to figure out. No, oh, probably. <laughs> I, I do like the idea though. Instead of like, like you're playing like polo or whatever rich bougie people play on horses, <laughs> you're playing one of those games. Except it's all fake horses. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So, are we ready? Are we ready to hear from from our friend Perry the platypus? Of course. So. Perry starts, he tries to go in, into his uh, bookcase elevator. Um, but much like in every episode of The Big Bang Theory, the elevator's out of order. Uh, so he's got to take the stairs. And it's a lot of stairs. He is, he is out of breath by the time he gets down to, to the, the lair. Um, and he, he meets, or I guess- I he, love Perry the Platypus and he deserved better. But Perry the Platypus has like mad skills. Why didn't he just like, slide down the railing um i don't know i feel like if he were more prepared well i I was gonna say maybe he could just like parachute down the middle of the stairwell but he probably doesn't have his parachutes with him like i bet all of his equipment is at the bottom uh but but uh major monogram does does note that uh the the elevator repair guy is on vacation and so is the slide waxing guy so that's that's why he had to take the stairs. But isn't that just Carl? Like, didn't we see an episode before yeah. where Carl was the one waxing <laughs> the tubes? I guess Carl is probably both of them. And he's he's on vacation by himself. Again, Carl deserves to be in the union. I'll just say it. I have a question. So Carl's that kid who has like the glasses and like the curly red hair who mm-hmm. they describe as like pale and sickly later on. <laughs> <in the episode. laughs> I really like that joke, but we'll get to that when we get there. Oh, that yeah. was too funny. Um, so so uh, Major Monogram tells tells Perry that uh, Doofenshmirtz has been shopping around for a show dog and, and he needs to go put a stop to it. Uh, before he, he leaves, he says he's going home early because it's taco night. He's he's going home to eat tacos and a like like mariachi band sting plays right there. I could use a taco. Another another great uh, musical tag in the episode. Too bad we're not recording on a Tuesday. It'd be Taco Tuesday instead of Taco Friday. 
True. Uh, Just like LeBron, another yeah. Space Jam 2 tie-in, Taco I, Tuesday. Yeah, I was I was surprised Taco Tuesday made it into Space Jam 2. <laughs> but <laughs> I was surprised with a lot of what made it into Space Jam 2. I was as well, my <laughs> goodness. That movie was a two-pack of ass, to be honest. <laughs> Didn't was not a fan, really. It was it was a lot. It was a lot. Um so we, we get another great uh, backstory. Or I, I guess first we got to set up Doofenshmirtz in the pet store. And he's, he's looking for a, a show dog. And, and we get some more clarification on how he has all of his money. Because he, he sees a dog that looks like, or he thinks it's a dog, but we know it's, it's Harry the platypus and it's like furry dog ears. Um. And he tells the the pet store owner, he's like, oh, I, I don't mind paying a bunch of money. I get an alimony check every week. So money is no object. Which is crazy. Because that, does that right? mean he has custody of his child? Uh, what's his daughter's name again? Can y'all Vanessa. remind me? Vanessa. So does he have custody of Vanessa? How is he getting alimony checks? This is crazy to me. Yeah. And plus, it's so rare for the male to be getting alimony yeah. checks too yeah. in any relationship. I know Mary J. Blige famously, her husband gets like 300000 or something like that. And then Dr. Dre was also recently in the news. His spouse gets like 300000 a month or something crazy. Mm-hmm. So do which merch just raking in them alimony checks. Yeah, it really makes me wonder like what his ex-wife does for a living. Did he say he's 10 G's or 10,000 G's? Uh, $10,000. Okay. Uh, so so 10 G's, as it were, is how much he's just willing to drop on this dog. Uh, so I, I I really wonder what, what Charlene does if if the alimony check is this she's, big. She's an actress on Mom, obviously. <laughs> That's an Allison Janney joke for Zach. He, he remembers that. Charlene, she... famously played by Allison Janney. Um... There's also a, he he picks up his new dog and and I was a little bit uncomfortable when he called him quote his little coochie coochie, uh, and I I felt uncomfortable saying those words out aloud. So if you want to cut that out, feel free. Isn't it coochie coochie coo? That's what it you. That's what it usually would be. That's not what he says. <laughs> I think you should add that to your vernacular. I think coochie coo should be in like everyone's vernacular. It's a phrase that exists. That's what I call Jacob. <laughs> that's what I call Jacob every time we record Ang and then. Hey, Jacob, my coochie, coochie, coo. Please do it well, on the Crossroads should... of Destiny. Yeah. No, nah, we gotta take that one seriously because it's the finale. I got. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could be like that's probably one of the replacement lyrics that they never used in Kichi Kichi Goo. They're, they're like, okay, let's just throw it in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we get uh, we get another tragic anime backstory from from Doctor Doofenshmirtz, where uh, his his father was in in the village and he was playing a game of poke the goosem with a stick. Uh, and I don't know exactly what that is, but it's like this this large furry creature inside of a cage that is too small for the creature, uh, and he pokes it with a stick, and apparently he won. Uh, so they gave him a show dog, and uh, he named he he said this dog is like the son I've never had. So he names the dog Only Son. Yet he has two sons. So like, where's yeah. Roger's tragic anime backstory? Yeah, isn't Roger supposed to be the golden child? Yeah, 
Uh, now he's even second behind the dog named Only Son. Um, have you all seen King of the Hill? Do you all watch a lot of King of the Hill? I'm, I I see like memes of it all the time, okay. but I, I I don't watch it too too much. I was more of a Beavis and Butthead guy of the two Mike Judge properties. So this this reminds me of so in in King of the Hill, Hank is you know regular middle aged man. His his dad is like in his in his seventies or eighties. Uh, but his dad has another son while he's this old. Uh, so, so Hank, the, you know, 40, 45 year old man has a newborn or has a brother who's a newborn baby. Um, and, and they call the baby throughout the series, they call the baby GH. The baby's name is GH. Uh, and whenever they ask what it stands for, it stands for good Hank that his his Hank's dad had another son and named him Good Hank and they call him Good Hank throughout the show. Uh, so that's that's what uh, the dog named Only Son reminded me of the the other kid named Good Hank. I have a question about poke the goosem with a stick. I want to get into this game. So firstly, yeah. we got to call PETA on the goosem. It's not <laughs> it, the goosem is just getting tortured out here. Secondly, this seems like the easiest game in existence. I want to play. I could be like the LeBron of poke the goosem with a stick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if like. I think if the if the goosem like had more room in the cage or something, then then maybe it would be a harder game. Or maybe the the goosem could like bite the stick that you're trying to poke him with. Could you uh, poke him in the back? Maybe, like, but yeah, this yeah, this tiny cage he can't move. There's or maybe get more points the closer you get to his mouth without him biting him. Maybe, maybe that I, yeah. There's a lot of questions about what how this game works. Maybe I think I understand the F games rules better than I understand the poke the goosem with the stick rules. <laughs> uh so still in in the backstory um this is where where only son the dog goes on to win some dog shows while doofenshmirtz is still the lawn gnome as as we remember from very early on uh and now his his entire self-esteem is based on whether or not he's going to win this dog show um so he's he's got his dog who he doesn't know is a platypus and they they go to the dog show and he reveals his secret that he's going to use to win the dog show is not to have the best dog but to make all of the other dogs worse using the misbehavenator uh to make all the other dogs uh misbehave as the name might suggest uh so he's going to have the only the only dog that that works you guys remember that movie with Corey from Corey in the House where he has a dog and then there's like a whole dog Life show. Life is rough. Life is rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should do that episode on the Brazilian dragon. That, that recap. <laughs> Life is rough. Well, I don't know if you want to touch that. Corey's in some legal troubles recently. Corey in the big house. Yeah, Corey in the big house. He <laughs> might be going to jail soon. Yep. Uh, it, after he shows off the misbehavior, Doofenshmirtz learns that his his dog is actually Perry the platypus, who takes the misbehavior and and escapes. Uh, and and in in this escape, he's he's uh sort of shooting the laser all over the place, 
Uh, it seems he he must have turned it from the misbehavenator into the behavenator at some point, um, because one of these rays that Perry the platypus shoots uh, hits Buford, and and this is where our our two plots converge. Uh, at the end at the end of the game, uh, you know Buford and Isabella. Isabella wants to shake hands and say good game, um, but but Buford says uh, no. Losing to a girl doesn't count. Uh, very like, uh, I'm going to take my ball and go home kind of thing. You can't fire me. I quit. Uh, but he says it doesn't count because he lost to a girl. Uh, but after he gets hit with the behavenator, he says, uh, girls are just as good as boys. You were right. And, uh, shakes her hand. Uh, and Ferb comments that it was, uh, out of character for him. Yeah. This is like one of only two Ferb lines in the episode, right? Does yeah. he get one line per episode? Is that how it usually goes? It's, it's usually on average one. Yeah. Yeah. Two two is uh he's putting up numbers for him. So question. Mm-hmm. Did Perry the Platypus do anything to the misbehavinator to make Buford behave, or did, is it just because Buford is usually bad? What yeah. I th- what I thought would happen was that the it just has the opposite effect. So it's like if somebody mm-hmm. is behaving well they'll be hit with a misbehavior and behave poorly but vice versa if they're already just have poor behavior they get hit with it that's like a common cartoon trope it's like these mm-hmm. ways that just have the opposite effect on certain things yeah i think that's more that makes more sense than what i was thinking because i know a, a lot of doofenshmirtz inventions in the past just like have switches on them that make them do the exact opposite of what they're supposed to do uh, and a lot of the time, that's what ends up happening is that gets switched and it does that thing. Um, but I think I think what you suggested probably makes more sense in this in this scenario, especially if they didn't show it to us. Um, so yeah, after after this happens, we get the whole Rube Goldberg machine of how this is all going to get cleaned up. Uh, a dog tries to bite a lady who knocks over like a cat tower that causes a cat to run out in front of a truck that swerves into a globe that knocks over a space shuttle. Elon Musk, eat your heart out. Uh, and that space shuttle uh, runs into the arena and, and carries it away. Uh, so, so Candace cannot show Linda the arena before, before she gets home. Uh, and that's that's kind of it. Linda Linda gets there. She asks she asks what's new. Candace says nothing's new, and Linda says, "Well, your hair looks new and it looks good." And Candace says, "Thanks. It took a lot to get it that way." And that's the end of the episode, or at least half of it. Yeah, solid F. Can't complain too much. I mean, what's crazy though is that the arena was so huge. Like they, it was like Coliseum level big. I feel mm. like a spaceship wouldn't be able to. <laughs> I mean, it's a cartoon, of course, but no spaceship in the world would be able to generate enough force to carry this Coliseum. It would like away, crash like. it and make it all rubble. But yeah, I'm surprised people didn't die. About but I two minutes. <laughs> about two minutes ago, I said Elon Musk, eat your heart out, and I totally meant Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> well jeff bezos richard branson all these billionaires are just yeah. going into space i hope they all burn and crash to be honest yes. <laughs> we're we're an anti-billionaires in space podcast <laughs> there we go nice or actually we're an anti-billionaires coming back from space podcast yes <laughs> oh that's a good clarification they they can go to space just stay there that's all i don't wish death on on anybody uh legally speaking 
Um, Illegal yeah, any... death is okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, any any last thoughts on this? Before? I think it was like a fine episode, not like top tier, not bottom tier. Like it was it was replacement level. I had fun watching it. Yeah. Um, Navi or Zach? I had fun watching it, but like I said, I got way more notes on the second episode. There's a lot to get into there. I feel like mm-hmm. <laughs> to unpack with the comet Kermillion, even though I know y'all brought me on to be talking about the sports here very calvin ball-esque that's a perfect way to describe it the rules are random and make no sense it's like uh what's that show uh whose line is it anyway oh the, yeah what, what they always say about the rules there so yeah there you go yeah i wanted to ask zach would you read 30 books on the f games <laughs> no I, I i don't think i would i feel like thir- i feel like even if i did read 30 books on the f games i still wouldn't be able to understand it so do you think Shaq would be good at the F games? Oh, or what, what, like, uh, sorry, I interrupted your Shaq. I'm no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Continue, ask your question. I, well, I was going to say, what professional athlete would be the best at the F games? Oh, I'd be the best at the F games. I'm the best <laughs> at every sport I play. Uh, ain't no question. They could, they would call me. Pipsqueak, is that you? <laughs> well, yeah, it's Pipsqueak. I'm here and uh, <laughs> Did uh, deep cut, deep cut for the. Did you ever, did you ever watch the show Shaq versus? Yes, I did actually. That <laughs> that that show was fun. I would like that, to see a Shaq versus episode of him in the F Games. Shaq versus Phineas and Ferb and Cal <laughs> in, in the F Games. Who wins? Would that be an RHAP rewind consideration, or is Ooh, that not real? Shaq versus? I mean, I think yeah. it, I think Zach, it'd be get a good on one. It. I'd be down, but uh, I don't know. Shaq versus what's what's the best episode of Shaq versus? I remember there was an episode where he actually lost a game of horse to a football player, which is crazy. It's like because then the football player just Shaq famously cannot shoot outside of like three feet away from the basket, and the football mm-hmm. player I think was Ben Roethlisberger. He just shot jump shots and was able to beat Shaq in a game of basketball. So there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. That's how I beat Shaq. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger. There was one with uh, Missy May Trainer and Kerry Walsh Jennings, Albert Pujols. There's one oh, he wow. boxed against Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah, I remember the Oscar De La Hoya one. Oh man, good throwback. Good times. Wow, what a throwback! Uh, <laughs> I feel bad there for that. There was a Shaq no, versus Penn and Teller. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. A reference we can all appreciate. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What he verse them in? Like a show of magic? Like how would he verse Penn um, and Teller in something? It says the big man attempts some hocus pocus with magicians <laughs> Penn and Teller. <laughs> the big man. I just like that <laughs> generic description for Shaq. In, in the in the whole show, Shaq went two and twelve and one. <laughs> he had one tie and lost twelve times. Poor Shaq. One only twice. Poor Shaq. And not even in basketball. Um, but yeah, if we if we don't have any final thoughts, we can take a quick musical break, listen to the F game song as well as the three R's by Mitchell Musso, and then we'll be right back to talk about Comic Chameleon.
magic number. Yes, it is. It's a magic number. Because two times three is six, and three times six is eighteen, and the eighteenth letter in the alphabet is R. We got three R's. We're gonna talk about today. You gotta bring your own bags and learn to reduce your waste. We got to learn to read this. If your brother or your sister got some cool clothes, you gotta drop them on before you buy some more of those reuse. We gotta learn to reuse. And if the first two arms don't work out, and if you make some trash, don't throw it out. Recycle. We gotta learn to recycle. Zach, what did you think of the three R's? The three R's, yeah, that was an interesting song. Reduce, <laughs> reuse, recycle. Mitchell Musso, look at that. He had some legal troubles too. Yeah, not as <laughs> yeah, intense. Like, not as intense, not as intense. Just some drunk driving, which is yeah. like, bad, but not not as bad. As you know what I found out recently? That What's Rico, up? the guy, guy who played Rico was like, he had a comeback in the King of Staten Island. Like he was in that. Oh, the like, kid who played, what's his last name? Moises Arias. Moises Arias. Yeah. yeah, man, that brings me back too. <laughs> yeah. He's probably like mid 30, I want to guess. I don't know. He looks He's like in his mid 30s? I don't know. That makes oh, me that, feel. No, I'm confusing him with uh, Jackson. Yeah, the, the guy who played uh, Jackson, he was like 35 whenever he was on the show. Okay. That's crazy. Wait, he was Moises old. Arias is 27, but he looks like he could be mid 30s. Like He's got like a full bottom. beard and stuff now. Let's look him up. Moises Arias. Yeah, Jason Earls, the guy who played Jackson, he is now 44 years old. Holy. 
Good for him. He looked young enough to portray like yeah. a high school student. He yeah. Was able to do that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we're not here to talk about the cast of Hannah Montana. We're here to talk about the cast of Phineas and Ferb. And there is some crossover with Mitchell Musso, but we're talking about Comet Chameleon, the second half. And basically the short summary is uh, this comet that comes every 73 and a half years uh, is coming back to Danville. The parents are trying to find steak. Duke Merch has collected all the steaks. Um, because he gets beat up by Perry the Platypus a lot, so he put he wants them in his eye. Meanwhile, Candace is trying to spend time with Jeremy at the park, but Susie's there, and she's bullying Candace, while Phineas and Ferb build a planetarium and want to carve pictures of their faces in the rock for their grandchildren to see. So that's the short version. Um, we can go a little more deep dive now, but this episode I definitely remembered growing up. Did you all remember that? I remembered the name for sure. Yes, and and uh, how could I forget the iconic song "Squirrels on My Pants"? Squirrels, squirrels. But uh, I I didn't remember this this Doofenshmirtz plot at all. But I I definitely remembered the name. I remember Thomas the stakes Kermillion. falling out of the sky. Um, if if only for the the Culture Club reference, yeah. uh, definitely remembered the name. Yeah, I I remember the stakes falling out of the sky. I did not remember how they got there until like they started like, talking about how stakes have disappeared. I'm like, oh okay, but. Because I remember Buford brought his own plate. Um, at least he's like courteous in that in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Candace is excited because Jeremy uh, invited her to play cr- cricket, croquet. Sorry, not cricket. <gasps> Excuse me. Um, oh my god! If I have hiccups during the podcast, that would be stressful. Um, so Phineas and Ferb are excited about the comet because uh, Lawrence and Linda are throwing a barbecue, and Linda's like, "Invite your friends." Um, they learn about the backstory and how it was Chameleon's Comet, this like Danville uh, like resident from years past, named it. Um, and he, Linda tells them, oh, Navi, were you going to say something? Oh, no, I was about to say, Linda is buying like steaks for like pretty much everyone in the neighborhood. I've never bought steaks for myself personally. Like my family, we were not like eating red meat, but aren't steaks like ridiculously expensive? Like, isn't that like a very expensive thing to do for the entire community? Oh yeah. I mean, she's this the one is, paying his alimony, right? <laughs> uh, an- another thing that comes up on, on King of the Hill a lot is when they cook steaks for the rest of the neighborhood. And uh, the best meme from King of the Hill is when when Bobby comes up to Hank and he's like, but dad, what do we do if they ask for their steaks well done? And Hank says, uh, well, son, we ask them politely but firmly to leave. <laughs> that was a pretty good Bobby and Hank. Shout out. Thank Lou. you. That was a good impression. <laughs> I love that show. See, I only have the shack. I have nothing else. No <laughs> other you have Pipsqueak. I have Pipsqueak yeah. and Shaq. That's and then it. you also have Navi doing Zach. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was true. That was really good when I Zach heard that. Doing Navi <laughs> as Zach. <laughs> yeah, shout out Navi. Way to bring you back on Hanging there too, Navi. If there's a season three episode you want to come on proper. Just bring me on for whatever. I'll show up. Like, I have nothing going on. <laughs> Navi literally showed up to the middle of a, of a podcast I do because I threw the link in some chat that she was in. And she's like, I was like, okay, we're talking if anyone wants to come on. She's like, I'll just join. <laughs> like, <laughs> she didn't know what the topic was. She was like, she thought it was a Zoom hang. <laughs> nice. And my he's like didn't edit me out of the podcast you had interesting questions i was still very like (laughs) i was very like annoyed but anyway 
Continue. Okay. I'm sorry. But anyway, so, no, uh, it's all good. Yeah. So Linda says you can wish on a comet and your wish will come true. I think that's a star, Linda, or shooting star. But okay. Is a comet the same thing as a shooting star now that I asked that question? I'm not I think it. so. I could be wrong. I think they are, though. I'm not well versed in space science, but I am okay at Googling. So let's see. How does this comet compare to Sozin's comet? <laughs> Ooh, not as iconic, but both like, I think they're the two most iconic comets in children's television or maybe any television. Comet uh, Vermillion Trump Sozin's comet. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> How much of an impact would it have if Vermillion's comet was in uh, Avatar <laughs> Lost Well, then Ozai could just wish upon the comet and defeat Aang. Oh, true. What if Aang wishes on it first? What if they both make the same wish on the comet? What yeah, and they then? also just see Phineas and Ferb's face just on it. <laughs> <laughs> the crossover of the century. Like, forget the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. It's all about Phineas and Ferb and Aang. Um, but... So, uh, a, a comet is different from... A, a shooting star is a meteor. Um, and I think the difference between a comet and a meteor is like one of them is rocks and one of them is mostly ice. Okay. Not to completely disrespect what you just said, but I did leave out the third most important comet in television history, and that is the dog from Full House. Um, I'm a Cosmo fan myself. Yes. Um, From Fuller House. (laughs) Will's such a max. Like I I feel it in my bones that Will's a max. Holy chalupas, man. Um, but anyways, uh, meanwhile, Major Monogram tells Agent P that all the stakes are missing. Um, he's literally, Mr. Ma- Mr. Major Monogram has no chill. He does this in front of Perry's family and he, he deserves to get caught, um, by Lawrence. And like, he's lucky that Lawrence is a dummy and doesn't mm-hmm. realize that he's being scammed. What, what, Will, you probably wrote it down. What is the disease that they were looking for cures for? Uh, anti-disestablishmentarianism. Yes, and uh, which is a, a social policy. Yeah, uh, anti. I am a big fan of the word anti-disestablishmentarianism because it was like the word whenever I was in like first or second or third grade or something. It that was you like, know oh, how to spell? Look, look at how look at this really long word I know how to spell. I used to do the exact same thing. <laughs> I used to flex that I knew anti-disestablishmentarianism. It's the one. Yeah, it's the one word every kid on the playground. You'd flex if you knew it. If you were able to spell it, you were just had the cool kid. You were just the cool kid on the block. So I did the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever play a, what is it, sparkle in, in class in elementary school for your spelling test where it's like stand in a circle and then she'll give you a word, the teacher, and then you one at a time you spell a word. And then the last person who gets, like if you get it wrong, you're out. But then if you also like, so say it's me and then, I say the last letter and then Zach says sparkle, then Navi is out. And then it's just, mm-hmm. we played that game. I never played that, but I feel like I wish I did. Cause I feel like that's a game I could have won. I used to, I, my grades were always crap in elementary school, but I always had, I was like number one on the spelling test. That was my go-to thing. Yeah. Like spelling is like memorization to an extent. So I feel like I was always good at like the memory sort of stuff. My, uh, and not to get too in the weeds on spelling test stories, but my, my favorite spelling test story was in, in fourth grade. Um, my teacher used to add like one bonus hard word to the spelling test that like wasn't a word that we learned, but it was just like a, a bonus word just to see if we knew how to spell it. 
uh, and there was one week that our bonus word was the word ludicrous. Uh, and I had never seen the real word ludicrous written anywhere, but I had seen an ad on TV that, that the rapper ludicrous was going to be performing at the kids choice awards. So that's how I thought the word was spelled was like the, the rapper's name ludicrous with a capital L. Uh, yeah. And so I, I, you know, she says the word's ludicrous. So I wrote down on my test, you know, L-U-D-A-K-R-I-S, maybe C-R-I-S. C-R-I-S, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I write down L-U-D-A-C-R-I-S and, and apparently at, at parent-teacher conferences, uh, my teacher is just like, you know, he's, he's gotten all these other bonus words, right? Why did he all of a sudden decide to be a dumbass on the word ludicrous? <laughs> I had to explain the whole thing. It's like, oh, you know, the kid's choice award. Damn, the rough teacher complaining <laughs> yeah. about the ludicrous. I thought she was going to be like, teachers. I thought she was going to go to your parents and be like, listen, I'm concerned your kid is listening to too much Luda. Um, one of my favorite. <laughs> this, random... this, this woman was 65 years old. She didn't, know who Luda was. she didn't know who ludicrous was. One of my favorite random songs that I just like love to reference is uh, what's it called? It's um, sex, sex talk or whatever. Right? No, it's a ludicrous song. My girl just took my cell phone. Ludicrous, um, sex, sexting, um, and like I, I will just like sometimes reference. Ha ha. O M G. L O L. K Y T. Smiley faces. X and O's. L M F A O. My girl just took my cell phone. <laughs> Damn, that song. Like it was like a, a bonus track on one of his albums. I've never well, heard that, but that's like a time. bonus song. <laughs> <laughs> the plot is that he's in rehab for sex addiction, and then the like he's telling that his like counselor that his girl just took his cell phone. It wasn't him, um, and mm-hmm. like when she sees his phone, but he's sexting with her. <laughs> so that's the plot of the song. Anyways, in terms of the plot of the episode. Uh, Candace ends up uh, so Perry goes off um, and Candace is cycling to the park she says hi to Jeremy but Susie's there and she's upset Candace gets anxious she picks up a pie and asks if it's homemade Jeremy's like yeah you can have uh, some I'll go get plates like Buford he he brings plates Um, so Susie then smacks the croquet ball into, into Candace's pie and hits Candace in the face Jeremy gets towels and then Candace cleans up and Susie is more evil again that's not a phrase more evil but Susie's Susie's evil um and Susie offers Candace a soda she shakes it all up and um gets blasted in the face by the soda and Jeremy goes gets another towel um at this point I wrote in my notes I hate Susie so much yeah Susie's evil but she's also pretty good at crochet she's like able to shoot these balls with like extreme precision Kylan's yeah. lucky she wasn't at that HOH competition. True. <laughs> she's she's like uh she's hustling because at the beginning she's like, oh Jeremy, can you teach me how to play croquet? But now she's like she's got this accuracy. Yeah. Yeah, because later on in the in this episode, she's gonna like sh- when Candace is going to get ice cream, she's gonna like shoot the ball yeah. right underneath yeah. Candace's does foot. She, am I making this up or does she eat a squirrel into Candace's pants or does she just like place them or no, she throws the uh, nuts into okay. her pants. Yeah. who's the more evil child or like iconic evil child Susie or that little red-nosed baby from proud family y'all remember him (laughs) I like him more because Susie's like annoying because I I hate the like oh I'm 
Selena sing? Like, I, I hate that, like, because, like... Elmo's back. No, that's not Elmo. How dare you? But, um, <laughs> like, she, like, does, like, the, it's the voice that, like, because she uses that same voice, but then when she's evil, it's the same tone. It's, like, it, mm-hmm. it creeps me out. It gives me the, like, as Buford once said, it gives, her, it gives me the willies. I just looked up this red nosed baby to see what his name is. His name canonically is Red Nose Baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. That's great. Oh, man. Proud family. What a classic show. Anyways, back to Phidias and Ferb. <laughs> I can't believe that that's the canonical name. But uh, yeah, so Phidias and Ferb build the observatory. Isabella is over and she's like, What you doing? Um, and she he explains that he wants to get the lasers in the comet so for the grandchildren Isabella's like our grandchildren he's like what no and she's like oh yeah cool um and she's like she realizes she uh she's like oh my god I was there when you said stakes which I think Ferb also said earlier right or Finney said uh someone said earlier you had me at stakes oh Candace said said earlier too Yes, yes that was that was it um, meanwhile, Candace and Jeremy go watch the street performers. Jeremy goes to get snacks. Susie accosts this old lady, be like, "Give me your last nut." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa!" <laughs> but she, like, she like attacks this lady. And I'm like, this poor old lady did nothing. And uh, Susie not only abused the squirrels, but she abused this old lady. Um, so then she takes the nut and then she puts it in Candace's pants and. <laughs> um the squirrels chase chase the the nut and uh we get this iconic song s-i-m-p squirrels in my pants and can't be simping for jeremy and yeah. with the squirrels simping ain't easy you know what's hard out here for us <laughs> <laughs> uh you want to get a go at one <laughs> i think you've all like done a pretty good job at this i'll take a pass on it i will say the guys who constantly say we got served are like low-key my favorite like one-time characters on the show let me see no i'm gonna double check so i have to assume they come back two guys in the park uh one of one of those not uh to tie it back to to avatar the last airbender one of those two street performers is voiced by phil lamar a famous voice actor phil lamar uh who is also the earth king in avatar Wow, Ubi I did not know Phil Lamar was the Earth King. Yeah, wow, that's I did not know that. Phil Lamar, one of the most like diverse voices ever. Samurai yeah. Jack, the Earth King, like he's got such he's got Conrad. Such, yeah, yeah, wow. Phil Lamar Wilt a, from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, also on my basketball team with Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> I, I mean, he's literally named after Wilt Chamberlain. You have to draft him. True, Wilt the um, Stilt. Uh, okay, they do come back in an in an episode. Mindshare, where they perform the song "Shake Your Body." No, oh, I don't know this song, but maybe I will later. Yeah, um, and their stage name was first revealed during the Phineas and Ferb musical clip test of Countdown. So, that is two guys in the park. That is also their name on Spotify in the park you because it's spelled like a uh, park, like the French spell it. Oh, the the Quebec way. Quebecois. Quebecois. We have, Can- we have two Canadians on this call. We have to reference Canada. Um. But so uh, they end up singing squirrels in the pants and the squirrels leave and the guys are like, yo, she had actual squirrels in her pants. And then the other guy's like, we just got served. 
and then throughout the episode he's like we just got served and i love at the end when the steak falls in his face like we just keep getting served mm-hmm. <laughs> um so anyways Candace, go back uh, go ahead go ahead maybe i'll maybe i'll mention it whenever whenever we're uh uh, ranking the songs but uh no candace, candace is really uh throwing it back as they say in this music video nicole horn is shaking yeah <laughs> the, the original tiktok dancer <laughs> throwing it back not a term i was expecting to hear today on the phidias and fur podcast but here we go i mean honestly like if i had the flexibility i would try to recreate on tiktok um there's always like, time there's always time indeed um anyways back at the phineas and ferb uh spot they go into the planetarium they watch a short movie felt very spaceship earth phineas uh tells everyone about the astronomer who discovered the con the comet and candace's death and she sees the observatory and she's like i'm a bus phineas and ferb and phineas then shows the comet uh they begin the laser sequence but the laser so the laser draws the faces onto the comet and candace's like i'm a bus you with mom and then we transition to the Perry plot. So Perry, wait, did I skip a piece of it? Oh, yes. Then we'll just do the Perry plot later. So we're going to finish the Phoenix and Candace plot. Um, so uh, Linda and Lawrence get home. Candace is like, oh my God, mom, 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 mom. Phoenix and Ferber are doing some crazy things. She looks at the observatory and the backyard, but the observatory is gone because of stuff that happens in the Doof plot. Uh, Phoenix and Ferber are there. Linda's like, we couldn't find stakes. They looked over the entire Danville area and Lauren says they'll enjoy the comet together and Phineas is like, we'll enjoy it before it disappears for another 73 and a half years to which Candace is like, you know what? When the comet comes back, I'm going to bust you and I'm 88. And Ferb's like, actually, you'll be 88 and a half. <laughs> um, and yeah, so uh, they watch the comet. Linda wishes for stakes. The stakes all fall from Doofenshmirtz um, and everyone gets one. Buford is like, I brought my own plate. Uh, and yeah, Jeremy. Really, the the original Claddy with a chance of meatballs here. Stakes falling from the sky. True, you make points. Um, different kind of meat, though. Uh, what, what different kind of, shape, yeah. What what kind of food item would you most want to fall from the sky at any random moment? Hmm. Stakes are pretty good. Waffles. Waffles oh, doesn't like waffles. Good. I like pancakes more. Um, I don't know that that's true. I'm trying to think what I would want to fall from the sky. That's ice a good cream question. wouldn't get sticky. Yeah, but well, the issue with I, I was thinking ice cream, but then it would just like splat everywhere. Even on even yeah. if you have a plate for ice cream, it's like I don't know. At least a steak, you can catch one if you're lucky on your plate. I guess uh, cotton candy would like land very nicely. Oh, that's true. That's um, a good shot. Unless it fell in the water, then it would, you know, go away. Dissolve, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Cheetos? Puffy Cheetos? <laughs> Navi looks very impressed by this whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking some sort of, like, gummy candy, I think, would hold mm. pretty well. This reminds me of Kazam. Remember Kazam when they all oh, yes. came from the sky? Yes. All the big Zach just loves talking about food from the sky. <laughs> yeah, you caught me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the street performers get their steak. Jeremy comes to check on them. And Perry lands on Phineas's plate instead of its steak. Um, and Phineas is like, oh, there you are, Perry. Um, they watch the comet. 
Jeremy asks if Candace made a wish. They hold hands and she says yes. Um, and then Susie's about to hit Candace with another croquet ball, but then the stakes fall on her. And I'm like, yes, get justice, Susie. Yeah, I, I have that in my notes too. I said, uh, in all caps, uh, glad to see Susie get some comeuppance. Come stakeus. <laughs> yeah, you should cut that one out. Come- <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, leave it in, leave it in. No, it's good. Um, but yeah, any final thoughts on the Phineas and Ferb plot before we transition to the Duke and the P? D to no, the no o thoughts. To the F. No, no thoughts, only stakes. I, I mean, you are stake, as we established. Um, but yeah, so Doofenshmirtz shows Agent P his new invention, the stake specs. Uh, at, like I said, Perry the platypus gives him black eye. So he's like, oh my God, you don't need to put cold meat on your eyes. You can just make glasses. Those glasses were mad ugly. I'm going to say it. Um, yeah. But I, I don't totally understand the why they tell you to put raw meat on your face if you get a black eye. I feel like you'll get an infection. Yeah, I've yeah. never heard of the putting meat on your face. I've heard before. frozen peas or frozen carrots. Yeah. Yes. Like, I, I know. I know it's like a trope in or, or, media, you know, but I, I don't know the science behind it at all. And like frankly, it, I'm just, it's a waste of steak. IMHO. Yeah, especially with how expensive it is. Yeah. Yeah, think about the prices. Yeah, Doof's just rolling in that alimony money. He can just buy up all the steaks in the city, apparently. That's how much he's got taking over the tri-steak area. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he's like, okay, so I stole all the steaks in the tri-steak area and put them in his steak containment unit, Ska, or maybe it's Skoo, Ska, Skoo, um, so that's, that's what he's up to, and Perry is, reveals the huge ray, and Doofenshmirtz is like, oh, it's just in case I want to do something evil later, <laughs> I love that Doofenshmirtz has plans, but he doesn't know what they are yet. Yeah, you know, it's, it's always nice to have a backup evil. True, you make points. Uh, and then Perry ends up hacking into the system to destroy the ray, and he flips Doofenshmirtz onto the button, causes an overload, and the ray shoots things randomly, shooting the observatory, like we mentioned earlier. Um, and Phineas is like, everyone, don't panic. Um, and then he's like, okay, let's panic. Meanwhile, uh, the, sh- the ray then destroys the observatory and shoots the school. It blows up, Perry escapes, and uh, cooks steaks fly everywhere. And before the the ray hits the stakes, uh, is like, you know what? It really does look like school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You guys see Doofenshmirtz's password? Doofalicious. Doofalicious. Make the girls go loco. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that sounds like a song parody that will she get on? Yeah, I I uh, that's the next. Uh, I don't know what the the Phineas and Ferb version of the wand off is, but the the next one that I make will be Doofalicious. The Baljita. No, never mind. That, that's way too close. Um, the, the Furboth. Uh, we'll we'll figure we'll figure something out. We'll yep. workshop it. We'll workshop it. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, that's the end of that episode. Zach, let's go to you first. Do you have any like? What did you think of this episode? Did you enjoy it on this rewatch? 
Yeah, I enjoyed this episode. I like how they almost all get crushed and like burned alive by the heat ray. And then Phineas is like, that's so cool, man. <laughs> so I enjoyed this episode overall. I thought it had everything you want in a Phineas and Ferb episode. A good song, good plot. Doofenshmirtz is pretty fun. I feel like, though, in this episode, if they just left Doofenshmirtz alone, he wasn't doing anything evil. It's like yeah. really just Perry comes in. It just like sets off the heat ray trying to hack into it. So I don't know. I feel like they could have left left Doofenshmirtz to his own devices though I guess they wouldn't have gotten any stakes so it worked out in the end yeah. yeah there's there's been a lot of episodes that like Doof is not really doing something evil and and Perry just comes and spoils it for the heck of it yeah Perry's a big blocker um especially in that episode with the date where he, yeah. he literally is a cock blocker um, well I said it uh yeah Navi any final thoughts no fun episode. I love that we finally got to SIMP Squirrels in My Pants. Yes, is that That's... the last big song besides the Aglet song that we haven't got to? Um A Platypus Controlling Name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those are the two left is is the Aglet song and, and Platypus Controlling Me that I yeah. can think of. Yeah. But the Aglet um, song is like like second or third yeah. episode of season. Is there a Meep song that's memorable or no? I just remember Meep. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, um, before we go to our next musical break, Zach, do you want to tell people where they can keep up with you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at ZachMohammed32. And every week, Wednesdays, we drop Aang in there, an Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast with myself and Jacob Redman, who has appeared on this podcast before. Yeah, we talk all things Avatar. And we have a grand old time. We just recently dropped an episode about the guru where we talk about Avatar and also our opinions on uh, Space Jam 2. So. Nice. What about what about banana and onion juice falling from the sky? <laughs> oh, banana and onion juice. That's not something I want. I thought about bringing banana and onion juice and trying it on that podcast, but maybe in our season two much. review. Yeah. Maybe yeah, we'll no, I'm so excited once. for the Crossroads of Destiny. A big, big episode. And then Yeah, we're coming to the C2 finale this weekend. So yeah, the Crossroads of Destiny. Huge episode. Yeah. Um, maybe in, in the season two feedback show or like the, the break episode, you should play John Cena Sexy High School Time Adventures. Yeah, John oh, Cena Sexy High School Adventures. I was just, I was like, what the hell is Felipe talking about? <laughs> and then I remembered it's the John Cena date art dating RPG. Yeah. Oh, good times. It's the only, literally only contribution I made to that podcast was me <laughs> talking about that game. Yeah. Also, Zach, before you go, we like to do like pop culture plugs. Do you have anything that you're watching, reading, consuming that you want people to check out besides like tons of basketball? Hmm, not necessarily. I don't really have anything. See, I'm I'm very uncultured. I don't watch too much television. I just started Better Call Saul recently, which Oh my god. <laughs> that was Most my plug have... for the last three times. Really? Most people have probably already seen it. I yeah. just watched this I watched the first season of an anime called The Great Pretender. That was all right. I that. yeah. Yeah, I I actually enjoyed it a little bit. Quite I didn't. I'm. I still have to watch season two. Season yeah. one was all right. I don't really care for Lawrence the character. I don't know. There's some characters I don't really vibe with, but overall, for it's me, all right. Yeah, for me, I really like the art style and like the animation. That's beautiful really art, good, and like that's yeah. like important. Have you seen the Chainsaw Man trailer yet? No, I've not seen the Chainsaw Man trailer yet. I will DM you, or if you're looking for it, yeah, because I posted last week. And these two dingoos didn't know what I was talking about. So I figured I would ask a man of refined taste and culture <laughs> if you've seen it. 
I've heard of Chainsaw Man. I've never seen the trailer. I'm excited. That actually looks pretty cool. I kind of want to watch it. But yeah, I have an important question. Zach, how far into Better Call Saul are you? I'm only on episode three. No, I, okay. that is not a more important question. <laughs> it is to me. Yeah, I've been watching that late, like over the last month. I'm still on season four, but uh, it's so good. Yeah, and then I read, I've been reading One Piece recently, which is pretty mainstream oh, manga. Cool. Yeah. I want to get into One good. Piece, but it's like very intimidating. <laughs> It's too There's long so to. Many. I don't recommend it to people because it's a thousand episodes and chapters. So, and it yeah. gets good around like chapter two hundred. So you gotta like really slog through the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my only exposure to One Piece is the Four Kids dub. That was like oh, terrible. That was horrible. I'd say with One Piece, if you want to get through it quickly, read the manga and then just watch the fights because all the fights are on YouTube. That's the good thing about YouTube nowadays. You get all the fights and stuff. So yeah, I would say read it and then just watch what you want. And all right. uh, yeah, that's all my pop culture plugs for me. Yeah, that's thank you that's so much for joining yeah. us. I thank feel so, yeah. so honored to have have one of the one of the heavy hitters of podcasting here. Oh shucks, I don't I don't <laughs> see myself as a heavy hitter. I just see myself as a normal generic man. I mean, you're a superstar to us. Yeah. <laughs> oh shucks, y'all. Yeah, are too you, you're welcome to come back any season two episode. Uh, we only have one more season one episode, so I don't know if you want to like come back. <laughs> just re- repeat. Quick turnaround. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll look up the episode list and see if there's anything I want to hop on for. For sure, yeah. Thank you so much. And yeah, check out Ink in there for Zach and Zach alone. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I wanted to make sure I listened to all of this week's Ink in there before you all came on, just so I knew what y'all's takes on Space Jam 2 was. Yeah, <laughs> and we did not love it. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Yeah. Love um, the show. So yeah, we'll take a quick musical break and then listen to SAMP Squirrels and Kids. And when we come back, Navi will lead us through the rankings and the the other feedback shenanigans that we have. There's squirrels in my pants. Tell me what's making you jump like that. SAMP Squirrels in my pants. Ain't got no chickens, ain't got no rats. everybody uh zach did have to dip but we are so appreciative of him being here and also for him dealing with navi and i being 30 minutes late (laughs) um 
We were having too much fun on the clubhouse talking about that incredible merge episode of South African Survivor. Uh, but he is a rock star and send him your, your love on Twitter that he was awesome. Uh, Navi, where are we going with feedback and rankings? All right, so why don't we start off with feedback? We got our usuals uh, email, usuals emails from, <laughs> from mm-hmm. Giovanni. And so why don't we start off with the game on uh, feedback. So he asks, who was the bigger cheater? Buford in this episode or Chris Underwood at the final six of Edge Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chris I'm Underwood. I was when I read that. <laughs> Chris <laughs> Underwood. Uh, that season okay, of Survivor was very. Cheat? Okay, let me, like, I hear what you're saying. That is not uh-huh. fair in Survivor. But in the rules of that game, did Chris Underwood cheat? Yeah, I, no, I, he was playing I, it within the confines of the rules of the game. He what I'm, what I'm saying that. is, is the edge of extinction is, is the Calvin ball of Survivor. Yes. I mean, we, we haven't seen season 41. You don't know that yet. Yeah. That, the monster like, of yeah. the beast or whatever. Yeah, that was kind of worrying, worrying, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I mean, we have international survivors, so U.S. survivor can Okay, but based on what I've heard, episode one of Australian Survivor, maybe some Calvin Ball shenanigans. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm just, like, along for the ride. Like, I'm not as, like, hard up on, like, a lot of the stuff as, like, most of, like, the online fandom is, so. Yeah. Also, we love Natalie, so. Sometimes that edge of extinction is okay. Yeah, we have selective uh, hate. Have I told you that the- we're watching? Um- no, I, I like. Don't get me wrong. I love Natalie Anderson. I would have been very upset if she had won Winners at War after yeah. being the first one voted out. Michelle was robbed. There, you heard it here first. Actually, no, Jeremy was robbed because Nick Wilson is a dumbass. Yeah, sorry, I said that. Also, I apologize. it, it, uh, it, uh, it feels. It feels kind of racist to me that uh, David versus Goliath is is ranked higher than Second Chances. Right? I thought you were going to say it's kind of racist that Jeremy and Natalie were targeted and then Jeremy and Wendell were targeted. I mean, Tony and Sarah were like, oh, who the fuck cares? They're like best friends outside of the show. Like they're both they're both white people. Let's like let them in. They're both like backstabbers, whereas Jeremy was like mostly loyal. Wendell was literally loyal to a fault to Dominic. But, Sorry yeah, to spoil the, was... the RHAP countdown for people who aren't caught up on it. I just saw the Facebook post today about about what was number nine. Also, like, my coit was robbed. Sorry, to, sorry to interrupt Navi there. Actually, one of the people that I work with uh, worked on White Lotus. Actually, two people. So I was like, I want to watch that show even more now. Because mm-hmm. Navi was in the middle of saying something. That sorry, I, I had feelings. Know. Navi has feelings. She can unleash them in three, two, one. Go ahead, Navi. No, no, it's fine. Talk over me as much as you want. I was just going to say that, like, I, I, like, agreed when I was watching it, and Heather Cannon actually had a really good thread, like, sort of outlining exactly what you were talking about, Felipe, and so I highly recommend checking that out. I don't know oh, what her- I've already- Oh, I know Heather's at. It's perfect being HC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know Heather very well. Like, <laughs> love Heather. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, uh, Heather and I have had many conversations about this, like, during the season airing, like, let, like she's more vocal on Twitter about, like, because mm-hmm. she, like, does some really, like, interesting uh, tweet threads, like, and it's also, I feel like it's more conducive from her, because she's, like, a white ally, as opposed to, like, me, who is, like, a person of color, technically, so, 
I don't. I feel like if like a white person says it, maybe more people will listen. That's my thought. Um, but also, Natalie and Nadia are so fun on the Amazing Race. Yeah. Um. Okay. Wait. Pause. Pause. I meant to say this in the South Africa chat. It was bothering me who Warda looked like for like the longest time, and then like it kind of hit me today. She kind of has the same face as like the twenties. Like especially when she's like making facial reactions, I kind of see it. I don't know. Maybe it's just like maybe I'm weird. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, I mean, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the the. I haven't uh, watched South African Survivor yet. You should get on. Um, that. I need to. Maybe maybe next time instead of rewatching, uh, I think you should leave. You should do that. <laughs> Here's the thing: rewatching, I think you should leave, takes me an hour and a half. Yes, um, I did. I, I did see Ari Ferrari give you some love on Twitter. Yeah, it's a great show. Honestly, uh, I, I'm thinking about uh, Sam suggested that I I do. So there's a lot of accounts on Twitter. Out of context. Of not out of context, but so so as as the people know, I'm a big fan of the show. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson on Netflix. Uh, and there there are a lot of accounts on Twitter that post memes from that show. They turn uh, quotes from that show into memes and then post them about different things. So there's like uh, an NBA, I think you should leave. An NFL, I think you should leave. An NHL, like for various different things, there's like people posting memes about basketball, but it's just quotes from that show, which are hilarious. And Sam suggested to me that I should make a, a big brother, I think you should leave Ooh. Twitter account. Uh, and I think it would be very funny. I am here for it. I would I would support. Anyways. Feedback. Uh, yes. Yeah, so Giovanni had another question, this time about the Comic Kermillion episode. And he asks, what is Susie's worst appearance? Comic Kermillion or one good scare ought to do it? Hmm. Comic Kermillion, because she hurt the squirrels and the old lady. Yeah, this one I think maybe both shows that she's just like mean. It's definitely and, the more violent and capable two. and capable of of more. Yeah. Um, but also she got the she got the comeuppance at the end. So yeah. I liked that. Justice was served, much like the the guys in the park. And Lisa Welchel's brother. <laughs> Right. And is the SIMP song more good than iconic or is it more iconic than good? Uh, not to spoil my rankings for later. I think it's both. I think it's good and iconic. Retweet. I agree 100% with William on this. Not, uh, not to like cop out of the question. I think, I think it can be both and I think it is both. Yeah. It's like, it's like it's iconic because it's good and it's good because it's iconic. Mm-hmm. but it's also like it's not mutually exclusive i think it can be both mm-hmm. singularly yeah mm-hmm. i won't cop out i think it is more iconic than good but it's still very good okay because yeah, it's like I, one I, of the more like recognize- yeah because it's like one of the more recognizable songs in the phineas and ferb uh lore i guess mm-hmm. you could call it mm-hmm 
And on top of that, it's like, like, it's great. It's fantastic. And it's also like one of the most recognizable. So for me, it is more iconic than good, but that doesn't mean like it's a bad song by any means. If yeah, anything, it's fantastic. That. So, and we've also got an email from Deanne. And she was asking, um, well, first off, she was asking what I was reading currently because she doesn't <laughs> read it. I've actually not been reading. I, I will get into it when we get into our pop culture plugs. Um, I actually like returned a book. Um, oh. I've been reading a lot of classics recently and I was reading some Ernest uh, Hemingway. <laughs> no Frankenstein? Yeah. I have, I left my copy of Frankenstein when I was actually back home. So I returned that and now I brought some other books with me that were from my backlog. Cause I keep buying those um, chapters, uh, three for $10 deals that they would always have. Chapters is like the equivalent of, I guess, Barnes and Noble okay. in the US. Ooh. Yeah. Um, while you're talking about books, uh, remind me to give a plug to my friend's podcast once you're done with your your with your own plugs of what you're reading i know you're cool. technically not reading something but navi what is your response to dan like what is the best last thing you've read even though you're not reading something right now um i mean i always go back and read like dracula every hmm. three or four years i always find it to be a really solid read because it's like a journal like it feels like you're reading a journal as opposed to like just like I guess a traditional novel so I guess that's why it always resonates with me so makes sense makes sense um if you're looking for more cool book content uh listen to my friend's podcast are you there love with Danny and Izzy uh they do book like mostly rom-com uh romance novels um but I am going to ask them if they want to be on season two and I think especially Navi would be a great crossover guest on both speaking of that so you know how they were like considering doing smutty summer uh, mm -hmm. i wanted to ask there's another one that has like been very popular like in the last like year and a half ever since the pandemic started and this book it's like 16 pages and it's called kissing the coronavirus where a oh, scientist no. studying the coronavirus <laughs> falls in love with the virus <laughs> okay i'm gonna ask her about this right now that's hilarious i mean uh, it's it's uh terrible but funny uh, the virus like... itself is very serious and we shouldn't laugh about it many people have died comma but <laughs> <laughs> i use that so much and that's definitely an ajism yeah pause comma but <laughs> i love aj so much um, I just texted my friend seeing if she's heard of it. So uh, maybe we can do that that book. Uh, the, the three of us, that's a short read. Okay. Any, any other good feedback? Yeah. Well, she was asking about like the misbehavenator um, to have it switch to make it to the behavenator and that she would invest in it heavily, which makes sense. You're a parent, even though I'm yeah. pretty sure your son is like an adult at this point. I'm sure it still co would come in handy. I feel like um, Navi would want to use the misbehavior on us. On us too. Have you all watched uh, the Righteous Gemstones on HBO? I have not. I'm not well versed in the HBO okay, HBO cinematic universe. Okay. For for one, it's very funny, but also there is a song in that show that they sing a lot called Misbehaven, and every time they talked about the misbehavior, it made me think of this very funny song. But is it as iconic as the Lego Movie? Everything is awesome. Uh maybe. Okay. maybe it's really good it's 
I have one of those two songs on my Spotify, and it's not the Lego Movie song. Well, Jacob will be upset. Um, but yeah. So is that all for feedback? Yeah, pretty much. Deanne's also a big fan of SIMP. Uh, her coworker repeats it at least once, and the lyrics make her laugh every time. It's always great hearing from people with their feedback. So yes. if you want to send us in feedback, what you do in pod at gmail.com. And as we as we uh, round the bend this season, I want to do want to give a shout out to Giovanni, Deanne, and Elizabeth, our most frequent emailers. Thank you so much for the feedback, keeping this podcast going. And then also John John on Twitter, he sends us some good yeah. tweets sometimes. Um, we would be nowhere without them. Yes. All right. So why don't we get into our rankings here? Why don't we start off with the doof backstory? Because we do have one of those. I know Felipe ranks them, and I. I think, Will, you just keep track of each one of them? Yeah, yeah, I'm, ju- I'm just making a list. Checking it twice. Or All right. Trying to find out if you're naughty or nice. Um, I, I think we've established which one of the two we are on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I'm very nice. Um, very well, nice. Like Borat. <laughs> my wife. Um, so I put Dog Show at number five between Huge Hands Hans and Big Black Boots Boris the Bully. Um, I think Dog Show would be higher. I, I, I'm, I could move it up between Baking Soda and Huge Hands Hans. Maybe we'll see in a few weeks. Um, my favorite thing about the flashback, though, was the callback to the gnomes being like, oh, you, we already did this. We've been here. You know the gnomes. You remember that story. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, I, what- I thought it was fun, mainly because it made me think of King of the Hill. And yeah. The <laughs> Plus, I like how it like refers back to like a previous backstory as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why don't we get into the innator rankings here? Oh, uh, so well, why don't we start off with you? Where do you have the misbehavenator? Uh, the misbehavenator. I have a number seven. I think this is is pretty good. I think it's it's a very like evil thing. Uh, well, I mean, not even really evil. It's like a very petty thing. Which which already gets a lot of points. The the science behind it to make animals misbehave is very interesting. Uh, that the fact that he went to uh, I'm going to make all the other dogs bad instead of my dog good. Um, love that. Love all of that. Um, so I have it at number seven, right behind the uglyinator, right ahead of the media eraserinator. Sounds good. What about you, Felipe? I told you all this in the break, but a lot of these are blending together. I like, uh, like these just are words on a page at this point. Like there are like top tippity tops, and then there's like everything at the bottom, and then there's like a chunk in the middle that I don't like. They're all kind of like around the same area. Like, will I remember this in a few weeks? No. Um, when season two starts, especially. So I put this at twenty five between the space puppeteer because I feel like that's more memorable. And then the blender because I don't know what the fuck the blender did besides blend shit. It's the blender, right? It was just a blender. Okay, yeah. thank you. Um, so yeah, that's where I have it. And then, oh wait, we're holding on for the next one. So Navi, where'd you put it, Miss Thing? Yeah, so I have it at number six between the poopinator and the make up your mindinator for pretty much the same reasons as you guys said. So we can move on to the state containment units. Can I go first? Yeah, sure. I put it at 36 between Slushy Burger and Magnet. Um, honestly, the Magnet might be higher. Like, it's not an innator. It's better than the, the Slave Innator because that's actively bad. 
the Great Wall of Tri-State area is like not interesting enough. And then the magnetism, man fire and the building stomper and the other magnet. I feel like it's like memorable because I remember the stakes, but everything else is like, if it was a stakeinator, it'd be better. Mm-hmm. All righty. And Will, what about yourself? Yeah, so I, I, whenever I made the rankings, I, I wasn't thinking we were ranking the state containment unit. I was actually ranking the, the stake specs, the, the glasses <laughs> okay. that he made. Um, and I put them at number 32. They are bad. They don't look good. I don't like the idea of putting raw meat on your face. Um, Whoa. But uh, they're a little bit funny. So the the little bit funny keeps it out of being bottom five for me, but 32 out of 39 is where I have the steak specs. Okay. Well, I ended up pairing the steak containment unit and the steak specs because I felt like they were just great companion pieces. So I have them at number 31 between uh, magnetism magnifier and the distant evaporator. For once again, like pretty much the exact same reasons you've listed. Like we pretty much have the same ballpark when it comes to our rankings here, I feel, at least for the innators. Yeah. All right. So what about for the, I know what you're doing today is we have the, I guess the F games. (laughs) So uh, Felipe, since uh, you are the, uh, um, the eponymous uh, F games in this uh, Zoom call, where do you have it? I have it in my bottom six. I have it at 41 between Mount Rushmore and Thumbwar. Honestly, I don't know why. Like, I feel like these would, I don't know. It just felt like I wanted to put I, it here. Yeah, like, what? I, I don't know. I feel like I'd rather ride cows in the escalator in the mall. Okay. No, I'd rather do F games than Bigfoot. Fuck that. So I'm putting it at, uh, that's what the F games is for. Uh, I'd rather do uh, 39, 39 days F games. And who knows? In two weeks, I could, this whole thing could be topsy turvy upside down. Okay. Yeah. Will? I felt chaotic Will? today. Uh, the F games, I it's in that category of like um, bowling. You know, it's it's right in there with with chariot race, the medieval tournament, the roller derby, all of those things. But I think it's the best of those things. So I have is it your microphone quacking. Is that is that me doing that? Is it me? I don't think it's me. I hear the noise, but maybe my fan. I don't know. Oh, that's fine. I'm going to keep it in. I'm not even going to edit this part out. Listeners, you got some behind the scenes. This is the live feeds. Navi, where you have it. This is why we say Felipe doesn't edit the podcast. (laughs) Just this one moment. (laughs) 30 seconds. I ain't going to edit this podcast because like a lightning bug jumped on my butt. I don't know. Oh my god. I'm just glad I don't have to hear his grating voice again because he like takes it up to 11 in In the diary. diary But but even on the live feeds, it just like has like a weird, like raspy quality. It's like just at the right mm. frequency to piss me off. So I am content. I will be honest. My least favorite diary room person this season is Minnie Elaine Brittany herself. Oh, Brittany? Wow. I, like, I like the sound clips. She looks like Elaine. Yeah, I, I didn't think about it until you said that, but yeah. Sorry. Wow. Like I do like her sound bites that Rob pulls, but she's, she's very loud. Not not Chef Joe levels, but up there. No, I love Brittany. I love how uh, over dramatic she is. Yeah. So um, yeah. My favorite the- is Tiffany because I have taste though. Yeah, well, like I mean, compared to like other people in the house, Brittany's fine. Um, 
so for the F games, where do you all think I have the F games? You have it low because it's sports. Yes. But, but you might you bump it up because of the square other... root. I think you would have it high because square root is, you have to read the square root sign. Mm-hmm. It's at last place. So. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, wow. Even, even below the reform school and the caveman? Yeah. Damn. Okay. I don't like sports. Except mm-hmm. for like thumb wrestling, I guess, which you I, literally for some reason, said I don't that you like the Olympics because you like Simone Biles. When did I say that? I oh, never that been that. that might have been Zach? I don't know. I don't think we talked about Simone Biles in this we call. We definitely did. I don't, I don't recall that. But I have they, a bad... They I talked about bad. comparing Ty Lee to Simone Biles. On yeah. We didn't talk about like the Olympics and how much we love Simone. Okay. I mean, Simone Biles is great, but you know. Okay. We have to do so the we, comment, right? Yeah, and then like the comment. Where are we ranking the comment? Hmm. Y'all go first because I think I might surprise people. Okay, well, you said earlier that you you f's with a, a planetarium. Yes, so I f games with the planetarium. Yes, uh, I have this at twenty two. I I think it's fun. Um, I also like a planetarium. I I you know like to learn in a comfortable environment. Um, so yeah, I th- I think this is cool. It's not like uh terribly like exciting. Um, but the fact that they're engraving a comet, I think, is cool. So, so twenty-two in between the roller derby and the Perry the Platypus in action. Shout out to Swizzle. Yeah, I have it at number nine between Treehouse and Swinter because I just feel like I think it would just be like an a low effort thing. Yeah, like you just take the laser and you engrave it. Yeah. It's also a planetarium. So I put it at 12 between Swinter and Mini Golf because I feel like it's the top, it's the top of the lazy day sort of tiers. Like they're like, um, like I definitely fuck with the planetarium. I like the stars, uh, stargazing, making a wish. If it comes true, that's extra nice. So yeah, we like the comic chameleon. Okay. So should we go to episodes next or would you want to do uh, Yeah, let's do episodes because I feel like we have a high ticket song so people are probably more interested sure. in that. Sure. All right. So where do we have game on? Felipe, you go. Is first. it game on or got game? Or got, got game. game, whatever it's called. I have it at 39. Again, it's just like a gut feeling. 39. Uh, wow. Between, but I also really enjoyed this episode. I don't That's know. Like, I can't... 39 is like bottom eight. No, it's uh bottom, yeah. I have it between Toy of the Worlds and Raging Bully. It would probably be moved. It just, I don't know. Like, I didn't really look super hard. Like, a lot of these blend together. And I, yeah, yeah, I need to rearrange this before I recap because I actually definitely had fun watching this. Like, I feel like the episode flew by better than some other ones. So I need to reconsider. Well, I I have it pretty much inverted. I have this top eight. I have God Game as number eight. I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I enjoyed like it's a it's a very strong episode for Isabella, um, I, like her like showing how capable she is. I I think is great. Um, the the Doofenshmirtz backstory with the the only son dog I think is very funny, um, and and the song was uh, spoiler alert surprisingly good. 
Um, so uh, this, this is the eighth best episode for me right now. Um, oh, I didn't rank this out of four corn dogs. Um, I'd say it's somewhere around uh, 3.5, 3.6 territory. It's good. Enjoy it. All right. Um, I've got got game at number 13 between put that putter away and does this duck bill make me look fat so i am between you guys on this one um as for comet kermillion i have it at number seven between traffic camp caper and no lawn beach party so where do you guys have comet i'll go ahead i i think you and i are about switched you have these at uh seven and 13 and i have these at eight and 14 but at the other order so i have i have okay. comic chameleon at 14 in between swinter and mom's birthday also another really good episode was... mm -hmm. yeah i have this at 15 it definitely like feels a little low when i'm looking but like not as like i, I would rearrange a few things maybe but i need to i have it between unfair science here redux and oil on candace right now but i this was one of the more memorable episodes both by name and by plot um and by moments coming into this podcast series yeah all um, right so let's move on to our final ranking here we'll be ranking the songs so the first song we have up here is f games uh so uh felipe where do you have f games this feels low, but it's only because there's so many good songs on Phineas and Ferb. 28, but this one is legitimately a bop. It's on the Spotify playlist. I have it between Hemoglobin Highway and Pin Bowling, and I just feel like it's in that tier, but it's so good. Like, I was listening it, to it on repeat. Definitely better than 3Rs, which is Reuse Recycle. Mm -hmm. Yes, Will, what about yourself? So, whenever we talked about the song Raging Bully, and I... I was talking about how in this like rock song they had some really clever lyrics in there like when they were talking about uh get into shape and by shape i don't mean a triangle this yeah. this song had a very similar vibe to raging bully or or he's a bully um but did it so much better like the gender uh, line uh yeah i thought that line was very funny um there were so many like they did a lot of things that I do in my wandoffs where you kind of rhyme something with the middle of a word and then you say the thing right after it. Uh, so, so something, um, let's see, where's, where's, a, a, an example of that. Uh, I think it was some, somewhere like uh, get your game on or else it's shame on you or mm -hmm. something something like that. Yeah, I get um, There was a, they rhymed, don't want to hear no smack talk. It's time to walk the walk walk. All of, you know, like, um, yeah, it, I, I love this song. I thought it was very good. Um, 17, that's where I have it. Right below Swinter. Uh, which like 17 sounds low, but there's a lot of really good songs ahead of this. And, and this is one of those really good songs too. It's definitely in the playlist. Mm -hmm. Felipe, what about yourself? For F oh. games? Oh yeah. You already yeah. talked about it. I was like, 
Um, yeah, so for F Games, I have it at number 18 between Take a Rocket Ship to Space and Music Makes Us Better. I think I put it over Music Makes Us Better and also History of Rock because I just think it's like the better song in that sort of general genre, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to SAMP Squirrels in My Pants. Uh, Will, you've been teasing this for a while now since the podcast started actually so why don't you tell us where it is so this is my number one song and here's why um one i remember hearing a story i think i heard it on tiktok where a lot of this song was written as a joke between the songwriters to see like what all rhymes for pants they could make Mm -hmm. Uh, so they have the line that's like how can you qualify for government grants and something about my cousin living in France and uh, like I I love things like that that's great to me mm-hmm. um the criterion we've we've started adopting since uh Michael J Clark was here was does this go on the Spotify playlist and this is the only Phineas and Ferb song that I have saved to my liked songs on Spotify and it's been there for a while um it is it is so these five songs I'll say five songs I saved in this order many years ago were Carly Rae Jepsen cut to the feeling Carly Rae Jepsen emotion Carly Rae Jepsen run away with me S.I.M.P. squirrels in my pants (laughs) and Jimmy Buffett boat drinks it's been years this has been in my my Spotify like songs right next to the song that I am predicting will be my most listened to song of 2021 being Carly Rae Jepsen's Run Away With Me. I think mm-hmm. by default this has to be my favorite or my highest ranked song. Okay. Felipe, what about yourself? A little less exciting. Um, I think at this point it's like very much like what you prefer in music. Like this is such a bop, but Gitchy Gitchy Goo is kind of comma, but uh, Gitchy Goo, I listened to on repeat growing up, and Busted is like such a banger that I can't reasonably put them either um, above either of them. So SIMP Squirrels in My Pants is number three, but mm-hmm. it is one of my go to, it's probably the go to reference song that I do. It's either that or Gitchy Gitchy Goo, where I'm like, Respectable. so. Uh, I, I love the song and it does bump Queen of Mars down to number four, but it had to be done. Okay. I also have SIMP at number three, but keep in mind that at number two, I have the he's a fishmonger and he flies. And then at number one, I have the and the cat goes and the dog goes. So, like when we do our season one retrospective, I will be moving those songs down. SIMP will be at number one. So this is your number one non-meme song. Yes. (laughs) I mean, but this song is kind of a meme in itself. Yeah, it was used a lot in the promotion too, I remember. um, Yeah. For the show, so. All right, I guess that wraps up our rankings here. So Felipe, uh, as Karen from Canada would say, land the plane. Land the care plane? Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, so. As always, you can email us with any questions at whatchadoinpod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at whatchadoinpod on the Twitter streets. Um, and then in terms of the individuals on this podcast, let's jump to 
Navi, Navi, where can people keep up with you? You can find me pretty much anywhere at Cause I'm Navi. Uh, as for pop culture plugs, uh, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword Remaster or mm. Remake came out for the Switch. So I've been playing that and that's been a lot of fun. And you got it's button fun. controls now. Yeah. You don't have I to remember- use the, the bullshit Wiimote controls. Yeah, the Wii Motion Plus. I remember like when I got that game for the Wii, you will constantly have to like calibrate your Wii remote yeah. <laughs> every like five minutes. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. So that's my pop culture plug for the week. William. Yeah, so you can you can follow me on all social media at Davis comma Will. Um, this week on Everyone and Their Brother, me and Sam were alone again. Uh, we started. Two of us. We started talking about. Uh, we called them grocery stories, stories that happened to us in the <laughs> grocery store, uh, and then it kind of devolved into. Uh, we talked Space Jam too for a while. Um, we mentioned Rico Rodriguez for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. Uh, so that was that was very fun. You can check that out at EATV Podcast. Uh, pop culture wise, Felipe, I'll let you take. Uh, never have I ever too. Uh, so I will plug a a book, a graphic novel, even. Wow. Um, a graphic novel depiction of a a D and D podcast, The Adventure Zone, Volume mm. Four, The Crystal Kingdom, just came out last week. Very pretty. Um, I I don't know if they call it Volume Four or Chapter Four, Number Four. Um, so they they're a a. Uh, podcast that played D&D with three three brothers playing D&D with their dad uh, and the first uh, 69 episodes of it were Whoa. their sort of they, yeah they stopped on episode 69 nice. was their first like major arc um, speaking of and then they novels. they they turned that story which honestly one of one of the best oh, like one of my favorite stories I've ever consumed in any medium uh, was was these 69 episodes of this podcast um but now they're turning that podcast into a graphic novel in in Mm -hmm. about seven or eight parts and they release about one of them a year and number four just came out this past week uh so it's very good yeah adventure Adventure zone Zone, i i remember really enjoying i haven't been keeping up with it but i remember when um i first got into like D D uh podcasting specifically with like people streaming it i remember listening to it quite a bit so that's a good pick Mm -hmm. yeah I yeah. had another one, but I don't remember what it was. I was. You can gonna... plug "Never Have I Ever" as well. Well, I mean, I, 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 I figured you were going to talk about it more. I, I also watched "Never Have I Ever" season two and loved it. Navi, are you caught up or no? No, not yet. I'll probably catch up this weekend, depending. So. I found out that uh, Porna, I don't, I don't remember her last name, but the mom went to oh. college in Brazil. Oh, cool. Yeah, so like she's Brazilian. I claim here. Um, but uh, in terms of me, you can follow me at What the Fleep on all social media um, over on the Brazilian Dragon podcast. Like we are rounding the bend on Phineas and Ferb, we are also rounding the bend on High School Musical, the musical, the series. This week we'll have the amazing Miss Bubble Baths herself, Maggie, uh, Maggie Bass on Twitter with Caitlin and myself. We're talking about, um, I want to say Showtime is the name of the episode, the season two, episode 11. Find out if Ricky broke his leg, his leg or not. Um, spoilers. Um, also, we did a Scooby Snacks and Chats with the great AJ Norris. Me and Jacob did that earlier this week. Um, we also have going to the Naomi movies. 
we did a Pink Panther from 2006, and next week, uh, I'm excited to announce, we, in honor of the 13th, no, 14th year anniversary of this movie, the Simpsons movie, Naomi, oh. myself, and Lindsay Wilson, who has famously oh, wow. never seen the Simpsons movie, wow. will be joining us for our second trip to the Naomi movies. Um, fun fact, that movie came out on my birthday, on my 10th birthday, so that's how I know what anniversary it was. Um, speaking of, my birthday's coming up. If you want to Venmo me, F-C-H-A-M-O-N, feel free to do that. That's, that's my pop culture plug. Um, you can Venmo me if you want, uh, or donate to charity about uh, people of color, I guess. Uh, if you want to support something more substantial than my than my bank account, um, and what else? I had something else to say. I forgot what else. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, oh, Lindy was on the HSMTMTS podcast as well, which was great. Um, pop culture wise, uh, never have I ever loved that show. We uh, love it. It's great. Yes, it gives me a little bit of anxiety. Davy stresses me out, but yes, we stand near Mirma. Yes. There were so many episodes that I had to pause several times because like I knew what was about to happen and I know it like I yeah. cannot physically watch this. Also, right. also shouts to Megan Suri. I loved her um, yeah. on the show. Um, and also Nisi Nash. I want her as my therapist. Yes. Um, no disrespect to my current therapist. Uh, um, uh, Masked singer. singer host Nisi Nash. Also, I'm on, also I'm hashtag just... team Ben. I'm hashtag team Gears Brosnan. How dare you? <laughs> Gears Brosnan. Um, and then also pop culture plug the Olympics. Watch them. Mm, yeah. I was at the last Olympics and I miss oh, it. Yeah. So um yeah. Uh so yeah, that's that's my pop culture. Also, Navi and I, you can catch us every week on Saturdays at 6 p.m. except for this Saturday. Uh talking about Survivor South Africa, sometimes diving deep. Can also catch them right before this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Heights. Um, anyways, uh, we'll, or actually, no, Navi, do you want to announce what we have next week? Navi, yeah. Navi pulled a great guest for us. Yeah. Like, I, I don't Navi? agree with us. I do the least amount of work on this podcast, but I was able to get the one, the only, Chappelle. On our, on our season one finale uh talking about uh hail to dufania and uh or dufania whatever it's called. out of tune and out of tune yes technically it's our season one recap finale but we still have like a show maybe two shows in between season yeah one and two. i mean we're talking about now. the finale yeah yes yeah it, it is it is the season finale of the show and we got fucking Chappelle on the podcast i'm so excited um, get your Tiffany Stan cards in the mail. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just so excited. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, Chappelle has never seen an episode of this show. I believe um, that's true. I'm not sure. I remember him talking about it on like the clubhouse we did with like Scally and then like, I you know Scally. Have, yeah, Scally, Scally is definitely on the guest list that we want to get for season two. But um, yeah, I'm so excited for Chappelle. Um, Speaking, speaking of Chappelle, uh, check out July on the RHP Rewind. Maybe maybe you'll enjoy some little tunes. Um, yeah. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, until until next time, I guess. Uh, have a splendid day. Corn dog, corn dog. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Bye. 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 I know, you know. 
what you're doing today I know, you know, what you're doing Isabella Buford, Phineas and Ferb Candace gonna bust you if you